Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Well, what I do is uh, I look a woman up and down, and I say, Hey, how you doing? Hey, everybody, this is Jim McCairns, back with the good, the bad, and the TV on the number one podcast network for professionals. This is the Believe Podcast Network. Hey, let's believe in the good, the bad, and the TV. The year is 2013. The year during which Detroit files for bankruptcy. Boston suffers through its deadly marathon bombing. The Defense of Marriage Act is struck down as unconstitutional. Edward Snowden shines a burning spotlight on cyber intelligence. Defense Secretary Leon Panetta lifts the ban on women serving in combat. The NHL encounters a 113-day lockout. And Daniel Day-Lewis wins yet another Best Actor Oscar, this one for Lincoln. Now he has a statue for each of his three names. In 2013, after years of construction, one World Trade Center is topped out at a symbolic 1,776 feet. In doing so, it achieves distinction as the sixth highest building on the planet. But it does so with the addition of a spire, not a floor, which, American that I am, supporter that I like to be, seems like cheating. Is a short man made taller than a tall man next to him simply because Shorty wears a big hat? Doesn't it all smack a bit of, say, wind chill factor, itis, which propagates the theory that while it's 12 degrees outside, it's really 11 when you consider how windy it is? I mean, isn't 12 degrees 12 degrees? So couldn't they have put one more floor to have made it 1776? I digress. Where was I? Okay, 2013. 2013, good, bad, and TV-wise, is the year that both Congressman Charlie Underwood and streaming service Netflix each come to enormous power by building a house of cards. The idea of streaming a TV show, is it even really TV anymore if it's streamed? What if we had a wind chill or a spire? Anyway, the idea of streaming a TV show seems ages old, but in reality, it's chiefly with the House of Cards, unveiled but a blink ago, that the movement takes root and then takes off. It's the first series produced exclusively for online service Netflix, itself not too long ago just a mail-in movie house with a wobbly business model. And it's announced with a sense of breathlessness akin to the 1960s moonshot. This is how Deadline.com does so, under a heading of exclusive. Quote, Video streaming juggernaut Netflix is becoming an original programming player. In what is probably the biggest gamble in its 14-year history, I hear Netflix has outbid several major cable networks, including HBO and AMC, for media right capitals, drama series House of Cards, executive produced and directed by David Fincher, and executive produced by and starring Kevin Spacey. Negotiations are still going on, but I hear Netflix landed the drama by offering a staggering commitment of two seasons or 26 episodes. Given that the price tag for a high-end drama is in the $4 million to $6 million an episode range, and that a launch of a big original series commands tens of millions of dollars for promotion, the deal is believed to be worth more than $100 million and could change the way people consume TV shows. Unquote. Could change 
does change. House of Cards is based on the 1990 BBC miniseries of the same name, so it's already a thing. A remake isn't really that much of a big deal. The breathlessness is due to the bold print above the fold names of Seven director David Fincher and two-time Oscar-winning actor Kevin Spacey coming together for a new form of entertainment on a new platform, the kind that the past 10 years or so would seem to be pointing us towards the future. Trivia alert for those who do not know or forget, like me. Fincher and Spacey not only know each other from the 1995 movie Seven, Fincher's 2010 film The The Social Network actually comes from Kevin Spacey's production company, Trigger Street Productions. Now we know. Well done, well received, highly viewed, or in this case, highly streamed, House of Cards deals TV a whole new hand. Joining its list of first is that it's the first original online-only drama to receive top-tier Emmy nominations, including acting, writing, and directing. Three more series follow it on Netflix in as many months. Hemlock Grove, the resuscitated one-time Fox sitcom Arrested Development, and Orange is the New Black, which becomes the service's most-watched show. 2013 is now the year of Netflix, and the content industry takes notice. The once novel idea of eschewing broadcast or even cable TV by going digital is fast becoming not so novel after all. A year later, Bojack Horseman joins the Netflix posse, followed a year after that by Grace and Frankie, starring Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. Two-time, Oscar-winning, social protesting, legacy-affirmed, once-militant arrestee Jane Fonda is now doing a sitcom for your laptop. And everyone starts to join. Streaming is the new working. Be it on Netflix, which continues to innovate with titles from Ozark to The Crown to Glow, or on roughly the other 457,385 digital platforms that come to define the post-2015s, chief among them Amazon Prime, Apple, and Hulu. Viewers slash consumers download and binge with gleeful abandon, short form, long form, comedy, drama, stand-up, competition shows, music, concerts, serials and mysteries, especially police and crime stories, documentaries. They become at-home compulsions. And it's not just consumers and critics who've made the switch. It's the industry itself. One TV observer watches the 2019 Emmys and says that they feel like a send-off for an era of TV. That with Fleabag and Ozark and Pose and Black Mirror and When They See Us joining the ranks of Emmy winners of the past that already include Orange is the New Black, The Handmaid's Tale, and The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, the future belongs to streaming platforms. For much of the country, streaming of original content finishes out the decade a default choice for home viewing. Or is your 2020 lockdown all about reading Time Magazine as you watch Nick at Night? All this in just seven years. In 2012, a year after it's announced, but a year before it's dropped, House of Cards shuffles into the industry convocation known as MIPCOM, a new player, calling itself the future of TV. A year later, when it begins... Director Fincher, who says he chooses Netflix because it allows for complex narratives, well, he announces that traditional TV is over. Quote, The world of 7.30 on Tuesday nights, that's dead. 
A stake has been driven through its heart, its head has been cut off, and its mouth has been stuffed with garlic. The captive audience is gone. If you give people this opportunity to mainline all in one day, there's reason to believe they will do it. End quote. If Fincher's not 100% accurate in what is a bit of a smug and self-serving prediction for traditional TV, there's no Tuesday at 7.30 for one, and certain day-and-date programming on broadcast and cable TV still attracts captive audiences, even in the days post-House of Cards. He is right about the drug called streaming. House of Cards does indeed become a fix throughout a long run. It does open a door to a once-empty space where millions and millions come to live. you got to believe. Hey, send us your questions and feedback and suggestions. I'd love to hear from you on Twitter at Believe Podcast or at Believe.com. That's also where you can get some advertising information for this show and any other show on Believe. Find and download The Good, The Bad, and The TV on Apple, where you can subscribe and rate us, Spotify, where you can follow us. Listen for us every Thursday on these sites or Stitcher, TuneIn, Luminary, Google Play. And if you like the show, tell a couple thousand friends. That's what social media is for. I'm Jim McCarrens. We'll talk again. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.